Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and, and Sarah. <laughs> in today's episode, we'll be interviewing the amazing Lola Rock, who is responsible for the Pack Darling duet. Thank you so much for joining us, Lola. Thank you for having me. We did want to include a trigger warning for some discussion of abuse. Please be warned this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Oh my gosh, Lola, we are so (laughs) excited to have you. We have been talking for months about having you on the podcast. I'm just so happy you're here with us today. I'm so excited. I've never done a podcast before. You're my first. I'm so honored. <laughs> and congratulations on uh, bestseller list. Oh, thank you. That's exciting. I know. Change for me. Yeah, it's change all those covers. I am. It's like I'm putting that on everything. Change your birth certificate. Change your I driver's know. license. <laughs> my passport. I will tell people in the street. Get it tattooed somewhere on you. Mm-hmm. Just make sure everyone mm-hmm. knows. Oh my goodness. So we are, we have a lot of questions today. Yes. I, I put a post in Lola's Facebook group. We had a post up on Instagram and I collected a bunch of fan questions that we are going to ask in addition to some of the questions that Sarah and I have. So we should jump right into it. I'm going to start us off with questions, then Sarah will take over and then we'll ask those fan questions. So my first question, I say, Pack Darling Part 1 is such a huge success, which seems to have had some huge positives, but also some negatives for you. We all know online communities can be very unforgiving. How did you deal with the huge influx of popularity and the increased criticism? I would say the hardest thing for me is always dealing with my self-criticism. So, like, I... I have talked about this before, but I had driven myself to quit writing and I just walked away for a few years, just mostly because of my my mindset. So when I decided to come back, my deal with Mm -hmm. myself was kind of like, I'm just not doing this for any kind of external validation anymore. I can't. So it's like if people love the books or hate the books, I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm really doing it for myself at this point so when I am criticized it's just relatively easy for me to deal with that because I just you know pop it into what I already have to deal with just to work with myself Um, yeah I yeah So I, I think it, it looked worse on the outside than it was for me. You know, I don't, I don't go looking for that feedback, you know. That, that's smart. That's yeah. very smart on your end. Yeah. Uh, so you were writing previously. Do you have yeah. any other published works out there under a different pen name? I do. I have some YA books that are still out, but I, I haven't connected my pen names in any way because I just, I'm really not gonna go back to those I I ended a series midway I would rather people not read them I'm probably gonna pull them down just because I'm increasingly paranoid you guys are gonna find out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I completely understand 
I there are times when I'm like I want to pull down like some of the first <laughs> few episodes of the podcast like I know looking back on our older episodes yeah. I'm like we we've changed so much since then yeah and it's like you you know you grow so much when you're doing something and I try to not look at it as those things are bad it's like you know that's I had to write those books to get to mm-hmm. where I am so yeah I wrote them I could write better books now and you know 10 years from now I'll write better books so it's just just that constant growth journey I think that's a great mindset to have and that does kind of lead into my next question what are the goals that you have for yourself oh. as you continue your writing journey so I'm just kind of a craft junkie and the main thing I want to do is just continue pushing myself and learning new skills and learning how to be a better storyteller. I think it's the fun part for me is pushing my own boundaries rather than like any mm-hmm. external specific goal. I think that's really admirable to be more focused on the craft of writing itself than on like the external factors of money and popularity. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I didn't really answer, like, the popularity is the part that surprises me. So I'm just over here, like, you know, I'm going to put out this story <laughs> that I think is fun, and I am consistently surprised at how passionate people have been about it. Extremely passionate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a lot of passion and a lot of opinions. Yes, there are. <laughs> Like, these are, like, real people. You have created real people, and they really don't like them, or they really love them. <laughs> mm. So now we know that you have branched out into some mm-hmm. other genres previously. Do you plan to continue writing Omegaverse Reverse Harem exclusively, or do you see yourself branching out into some other subgenres of romance under the Lola pen name? Right now, my brain is thinking all reverse harem. Like, I get new plots, and they're all reverse harems. So I, mm-hmm. I can't see leaving that soon. I'll definitely write things other than Omegaverse. But, like, I just love this community, this audience. I love these books. Uh-huh. They're what kind of brought me back to writing when I had, you know, I'd given up. And so... Yeah, I just I just love the fans and you know how many books we all read and how passionate we are <laughs> like there's never enough books in this genre either Omegaverse or Reverse Harem like we always need more books so it's just so fun to write for such voracious readers I I feel like we hear a lot of that from Reverse Harem authors when we interview them for the podcast is once you start writing reverse harem it's very difficult to step away from that because you are not only is that subgenre of romance like it needs more it needs more writing more representation we want to see more authors joining it but also like the reverse harem community is such an open and like gracious community for the most part where they're just very open and inviting and we've seen that with the podcast too like people are so supportive they go out of their way to like say nice things to you and it's just a really lovely place within the book world yeah it really is it's so different from 
I mean, it's often the same audience, too. If, if you're writing YA, you know, the same people are buying the books. But, yeah, it's just a different world. I can't see going back now that I am here. Uh, well, speaking of some of those authors that we've yeah. spoken to previously, what are some of your favorite one-click authors, those authors that you see have written something new and you're immediately buying it? I always go up, like, the Black Dagger Brotherhood is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorites because that was the first kind of, you know, adult paranormal romance that I got into. I had mm-hmm. come from more, I was, I always read like more fantasy and I came to romance later. So I love J.R. Ward. I love Tessa Dare. I, I often like authors who do something very different from me, but mm-hmm. I, I would say R.H. Wise. I love Jay Bree. Like I'll, uh. <laughs> I'll read her when I have kidney stones. I get kidney stones, which is fun. Um, but I just remember I had to move. I was in a hotel room by myself, like just oh. suffering. I'm like, I'm going to read these, this oh, book no. and it will distract me. But I go to, I go to bully books when I, I need that. You know, you need to escape. When and your body is bullying you, yes. you're reading bully books. Yes. But yeah, I love Jay Bree. There's so many. She's I've my, uh, she your favorite. I love her so much. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do you have any go-to series or books for comfort for comfort rereads? It's funny you said Jay Bree because literally Hannaford Prep is my go-to for my yeah. comfort reread. Yeah, I don't I don't reread stuff as often. I'm usually going to new now because there's so much to read. Mm-hmm. And I found I like when was it? Maybe 2020. I basically read all the reverse harems. I think we all do this. <laughs> like I just I read all of them. yeah and so not like when I'm when I'm just reading I'm just enjoying reading but then when I come back and I'm writing things it's hard for me to read for enjoyment I'm reading for like what are they doing well what do I like about this what makes this fun so I'm kind of reading for craft which is fun too yeah so when you're writing, do you find yourself going back and rereading to like break down the craft of something you read originally for enjoyment? No, I just kind of flag it as I go like, oh, this trope is fun or like, you know, this character type would be fun to explore. You know, here's stuff I didn't like. I don't want to do this. I love this style of description. I'd like to work on, you know, how can I bring that vibe to my writing? You know, just constantly. I'm just constantly, constantly scanning for craft things that I can adapt. Do you ever shut off your brain no. and just like no enjoy a book? I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm really more of an editor than a writer. I'm just relentless, mm. and it's that's why, like, I'm never gonna write ten books a year. I'm so so critical <laughs> but it's good do you it can be good and bad. are you like your biggest editor of your own work like you yeah. go back yeah. through and edit right after you write yeah I I kind of do it's basically three steps forward two steps back like I'm constantly constantly polishing and making sure I have the story right so the story is harder like the words are relatively easier for me it's the story that I have to work on 
It's like I can, like, I've gotten so, I can write very pretty things in the first draft, but then I go back and like that. That's not what happens. Why? <laughs> Why did you do that? So, I I have to keep an eye on myself. I'm just constantly going back to make sure I'm on the track I want to be on. Interesting. So I'm going to completely switch gears here Mm -hmm. and hopefully you can answer this question because I know for some authors, their characters are like their babies and they refuse to pick favorites. (laughs) But I want to know who was your favorite man from the Wyvern pack. And I am establishing that it needs to be one of the guys because, I mean, Lila should be everyone's favorite from the Wyvern pack. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Orion is probably my favorite. I like that's fair yeah I like writing him <laughs> I like how he fits with Lila I mean I like all of them like I I would say I I enjoy writing Finn when I'm in his POV but otherwise he's very annoying to have as a character it's like <laughs> I I had to scrap so many scenes I'm like this is not your scene dude he, like he can't he can't even be present or he just takes it over but very fun in his pov i can imagine so if you and this is like our go-to question on the podcast whenever <laughs> we're interviewing authors so if you could build your dream harem who would be in it and that can be real people or fictional people from any media type who would be in your dream harem yeah, I was like, I think I just want like a harem of pilots, not specifically celebrities or, you know, <laughs> guys that look any specific kind of way. But like I, I travel all the time. I just go where I want to go. I do what I want to do. So as much as I love the harem trope, obviously, it's like not appealing to me. I'm too independent. So like ideally... I just have a bunch of pilots who let me use their free tickets or like, you know, a guy in every different city. <laughs> I, I always love when people build their harems around like things they can get from them. Yep. Like instead of building it around aesthetics, like one of our other authors did this too of like, it might have been Willow, who was like, I don't want it like based on the people. I want it based on skills. Like I want a harem yeah. of like one guy who's a plumber, one guy who's yeah. an electrician, one guy who can do that makes woodworking. makes so much sense. Or like your zombie apocalypse <laughs> harem. Like somebody needs yes. to know how to drive a helicopter. Somebody can grow stuff. <laughs> We're forming a team here. I think that, I really feel like, and I want to do like a very, uh, <laughs> informal study of your zodiac sign and how it aligns with how you build your dream harem because i feel like it's very much like an earth sign thing to be like building it based on like how it could help you and like doing it in a way of skills instead of doing it aesthetically so wait now i need to know lola what is is your zodiac sign i'm a leo Ah, uh, completely <laughs> blast upon yeah. my theory. Uh, your no one ever believes I'm a Leo. Yeah, maybe a Virgo. I'm on the cusp. We could say a Virgo uh, if that fits better. See, I'm a Virgo, so I want you to be a Virgo too. <laughs> <laughs> I match the Virgo archetype better. No one ever believes I'm a Leo. 
They're like, are you sure? Like, you were born a few yeah. days too late. Mm-hmm. Or wait, too, too early. early. Too early. Too early. Oh my goodness. All right, Sarah, go ahead and hit her with your questions. Okay, I think you kind of already answered this. Uh, so would you say that Finn was your favorite POV to rate or was it someone else? Oh, Ly- I mean, Lila, if I get to say that. Finn is yeah. fun. I-, I like Orion too, for the same reason. I think the Omegas are really fun to write because they're they come with so much so much built in tension, like the instincts versus you know what they actually want to accomplish. So I really enjoy I writing them. They're just like, horny all the time yeah. too. So you- they're like <laughs> yeah, they're like I gotta get some stuff done too. Um. Are there any scenes that you edited out that you really wish you would have kept in now that everything's been released? Yeah, there. So, my process is I delete a lot. Like, I delete a lot. Um, so, I wrote, I think, seven or eight different versions of this, of part two. Not, mm-hmm. not full, full versions, but like, you know, different starts and stops. And so. There's a lot that didn't make it in. A lot that I reworked in, but I kept struggling over where where and when Orion comes back into the picture. And so uh-huh. there were versions where he came back earlier and then what at one point he just walked out. And that I love that version was so much fun, but then they had more meals together that were really cute and then I had one scene where Lila got to interact with one of the baby darlings and like that would have been really fun but it just didn't fit yeah if you were in the ABO world uh what do you think your designation would be I feel like I have tendencies of all three but if I get to pick I would just be a beta (laughs) and be on the sidelines with popcorn just watching (laughs) watching all the craziness that's the fun part of it for me like what are they doing yeah so did you think the fans were going to have so much hatred towards the guys (laughs) as they did in book one or was it a surprise to hear how much people thought Lila should just like ditch and go find another pack no I was shocked especially like I don't I don't have a good sense of what I have created. I am just like I know what the story is and I tell it and then you know people tell me what it is. So I I was really surprised people thought the book had bully energy and then I was immediate like immediately like so excited I'm like I want to write an actual bully book that I think is bully. Let's see what they think about that cuz this you know to me it wasn't like now I, I see why you, why you would read it that way, but to me it's not bully. But yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I think, oh. <laughs> I think about like the worst bully romances we've read, Sarah, yeah. and it's like, this doesn't even come close. Yeah. Like you have like fucking brutal boys of Everlake prep, like, <laughs> man, yeah. like if you're not, if you're not getting fish stew dumped on you and they, and you have to right? stand out in the rain on a beach somewhere for like several hours, 
I'm not considering it to be a bully romance. And you know, yeah. the first time I read it, I think I thought of the guys more harshly. And then like when I reread it, I was like, wow, like I've read some really messed up stuff. Like why am I so <laughs> resistant to forgiving them? And when we did the recap of the episode, I think it's because you made us love Lila so much. Yeah. That we just did not want to see her get hurt at all. So we were like, Mm-mm, you hurt our girl. We, yeah, we ain't here for it. <laughs> that's what I tried to figure out. I'm like, okay, what, where is this coming from? Like, I made, like, I just executed Lila so she would be so sympathetic that nobody, uh-huh. nobody is willing to call her out on, you know, she's really secretive. And I don't diminish what she has gone through in any way but you know she's hiding what she is this whole time so you know she's participating in the mess <laughs> i feel like she gets a free yeah. pass we forgive her of everything yeah she can that's do no wrong. yeah exactly <laughs> it's everyone else oh, yeah it's not her i i i think people other authors too would ask me like are you okay with like how much they are hating these characters. I'm like, I love this. I love every second of this because it, at no point was anyone like, well, Lola shouldn't have done this. You know, every time you talk about how much you hate them, you talk about them as people, you know, like you said. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're real people. And I had a lot of years of, you know, I had an agent for a while and I shopped books traditional and the, you know, you get those blanket feedbacks. And the one I always, always got was, like, your writing is good, but I don't connect with the characters. And so to go from that, like, many years of that feedback to this, where to you... To everyone yeah, connecting. The ca- I'm like, this is fantastic. Characters. Yeah, I want to write more people that you hate. This is so fun yeah. for me. Yeah, like, even, even at the end of, you know, book two, even if you still don't like somebody, you made them feel something strong enough that they still either loved loved that person or hated that person because you wrote them so well yeah I, I've just been I don't know I don't know what the word like shocked happy it's very exciting to just see people engaging with this you know this world that I created yeah people were ready to fight people were like I know <laughs> she, she needs a new pack I, know. I <laughs> We had people get banned from the Facebook group because they, like, when we were doing the arcs, there was a question, like, what, I forget what it was, but, like, what do they have to do to earn Lila back? (laughs) And some people, (laughs) Facebook banned some people because their answers were too crazy. (laughs) And we were like, uh, (laughs) let's keep this, Uh... keep this PG. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know what, though? I think, you know, in book two, you really showed, like, even even if you were pushing for a different pack, this was just the pack made for her, you know? The bakers just wouldn't have fulfilled Lila's life. Like, she needs, yeah. she needs that spice. That is yeah, the crazy that's... wyvern pack. Exactly. You know, they, <laughs> they just fit together. And she's, she's just as unstable as they are. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, Sam has cried every time she's read book one. <laughs> every single time. 
I was I was doing a reread for the podcast episode, and I texted Sarah like, no matter how many times I've reread the book, I still end up ugly crying by the end. Yeah, that surprised me too because the the so my assistant Louise was the first person who read the book that wasn't me, and she messaged me or we talked or something. She was like. I was weeping at 3 a.m. <laughs> I was like, you were? Why? Is it sad? <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> and then every and then, you know, once the book came out and everyone was like, You I was ugly crying. Like, oh, I guess it's sad. Like I said, I don't I don't have a good concept of what I'm actually doing. I just like I understand the arc, I understand what the character's going through, and I I don't know. It's just fun for me. So, so I, I wrote <laughs> so, a no- <laughs> early on. I wrote a newsletter with the subject. I think I'm a sociopath. So, <laughs> so Sarah and I both, when we read this book, I read it first, and then I convinced Sarah to read it uh, shortly thereafter. And we both stayed up like all night reading it. And Sarah was reading it while she was on vacation, and she stayed up until like. 3 a.m. reading it and I was still up because it was summer and she texts me and is like I have to go canoeing with alligators tomorrow Sam and this is not gonna be a good time I'm still finishing this book so just so you know you're responsible for Sarah having to canoe with alligators I'm so glad you made it back me too uh, you know my husband's a geologist and he just makes me do these things because like i would just be living in the house never leaving if i oh, yeah. if i didn't marry him <laughs> let's go do something outside i'm like do we have to you're like yeah or we could just not we can just sit here and read yeah people message me and they're like especially since you know there was a wait for part two they're like, I just keep reading and rereading the last four chapters. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Literally me. That's what I would do. Me and those people are all the same. I know. I know. You guys I, I, make me laugh. This this question <laughs> just came to me because I know Sam and I brought it up, and I've talked to you two about it, Lola. We need a new subgenre of a megaverse, I feel like, because I feel like we all agree that Pack Darling really doesn't fall under Sweet Omegaverse. No, no I, I mean, I wanted it to, but <laughs> this is me trying to do sweet, so <laughs> here we are. But yeah, it's not, it's not sweet, it's not. but it's also not dark. No, it, it, it needs a new name. We're going to have to brainstorm Yeah, a new subgenre of Omegaverse. It is, it's... You know, it's confusing, especially because, you know, Catherine has the sweet verse mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, that's her series. And then that kind of became synonymous with now everyone else. People will ask, like, is it a sweet Omega verse? But it's, it's still confusing. We don't have the terminology yet. I agree. But I sweet, feel like sweet has become a catch all for like it doesn't have non-con. I, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And I think we finally need, like, the day that Amazon adds, like, Omegaverse under romance will be the day that we've all made it. Yeah, that would make <laughs> it easier. Come on, Bezos. <laughs> Always making life difficult. Sarah, do you think Jeff Bezos is personally holding out on adding Omegaverse <laughs> as a subgenre to spite you? Probably. He's got, like, Craig beta energy. <laughs> <laughs> 
we do not trust this man at all you just know you know he can't be trusted jeff bezos definitely has a wet cardboard scent from all the amazon oh yeah like Mm -hmm. he smells like a stinky turtle or something (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh sarah are you all done with your questions i am done okay so we can jump into fan questions all right so the question we got more than any other question from many different people is what are you working on next and are we going to get a story about uh marisol yes so i'm pretty sure i I don't know what order i'm gonna write things in yet but i'm gonna write marisol um i just don't know what i'm gonna do with her yet i have so many ideas like I don't, I don't want to write the same story twice, so it's probably, mm-hmm. probably gonna be wild. But I'm, I would also like to do kind of a fluffy novella with the heat scene. People feel they were robbed of <laughs> with the two omegas, so I'm hoping to do that as well. Um, I think people would jump for joy if you gave them just any extended epilogue content. Yeah. Yes. I will, too. I just didn't want to write myself into a corner because I'm not sure yet how much crossover I want with Marisol. Mm -hmm. So I left myself space. I will do probably there's like a five years later epilogue that I want to do. I just don't want to do it until I know. I have Marisol's story straight. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely writing more in this world and I pretty much decided I'll do that next before I explore any of my other ideas. I think people will be very happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, this is from Sarah W. Uh, do you have any plans to produce audiobooks for the duet? Yes, I am definitely doing audio. I am working on it now. Hopefully this year it'll be, you know, it I'm I'm taking meetings and getting the process started, but, you know, it takes a while. And I wasn't, you know, when book one came out, I wasn't thinking about (laughs) this at all. I was, I was thinking I'm just putting out this book for fun and no one would want audio. So now I'm catching up because people obviously want audio. Yeah. So when you do an audio for Reverse Harem, do you hire one guy who does different voices for all of the different male characters? Yeah. It's usually one in one. Because if you think about it, like the, you know, the female character, the female narrator will perform male voices too because they're reading. Mm -hmm. Other characters are in their POV. And so the male narrator is also performing the female voice and, you know, multiple male voices. So I think you could do, you know, if I were to get five, fem- five, sorry, male narrators, but I think it's a smoother listen if it's just one kind of modulating so, per character. This is, I have, I just got like a, weird thought in my brain that made me (laughs) laugh um my husband and i fall asleep literally every night listening to the harry potter audiobooks and those are either either the u.s version or the english version they're narrated by two different guys but um the, (laughs) the guy who does the u.s version like actually won an award i forget which award he won but he won the award for like the most individual different voices 
of different characters that he did throughout the entire series because he ended up doing like 50 different voices or something insane like that and I can't imagine having to like remember the voice you used for like different characters as you're reading yeah (laughs) that's really true to have that many now I'm imagining like what what whatever guy you hire to do the audiobook is gonna have to like switch between Finn and Hunter and Atlas and like what are those different voices gonna sound like? Do you have their voices in your brain? Not really. I, I think I'll I will know it when I hear it. But I mean some of those narrators are so talented. It's really amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I have to I'm gonna have to list like cause some narrators won't read explicit, which yeah, of course don't you know don't read it if it makes you uncomfortable but so there's a pool of narrators that do the romance some some do it under a pen name but I'm gonna have to write a whole you know you you give them notes on what's involved with each character and so I'm gonna have to write Mm -hmm. some real specific notes (laughs) it was Jim Dale that was the name I couldn't think of who does yeah who does the U.S. uh Harry Potter audiobooks but uh, I can't wait. I would definitely listen to them on audio. I'd be very interested to see how that goes. Yeah, it's exciting. All right. Lisa W. would like to know, are you writing full time, Lola? I was not. Um, I was actually, in, as of July, I was actively, like I was in classes to switch careers. I was looking for other jobs. So I had no anticipation of this being full time. But now I'm kind of, basically finished handing off my last freelance job so this year I should be writing full-time wow I don't know if that translates to more books just because (laughs) I am a nightmare to work with myself (laughs) (laughs) but I'm gonna try it's you know it's fun now knowing that people are actually looking forward to more things from me what do you think that will look like for you writing full-time like are you gonna have a daily schedule set for yourself yeah, usually I try to I try to block out my calendar. So I will schedule you know, 3 hours this chunk is for writing and this chunk is for admin. Otherwise, it's like entropy comes into play and it's like the week before deadline. And you're like, I have to do so much, but mm-hmm. I I am striving to do a more sane kind of staggered schedule. If possible. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ronilyn uh, asked, will there be an extended epilogue or another book that features the Wyvern pack? Yes. Yes. I'm definitely, you know, like I said, I'm definitely, I have a, a five years later epilogue that I already know what happens for. So I will put that out eventually. I just want to do Marisol first and like I said Novella I'm working on it I'm just gonna put this out into the universe for you but the (laughs) idea of Finn and Hunter taking Lila to Paris if you know what I mean has like lived rent free in my head so if you want to just add that just letting you know okay I got you yeah I I feel like I wasn't like I could have written 30,000 more words of just heat scene on the end of the book because I feel like there's more <laughs> there's more to be said there. People yeah, that'll be it. fun. 
Uh, I have a feeling people are going to be very excited to hear that news. <laughs> uh, uh, so Teachley asks, what or who were your character inspirations for the Wyvern pack, Lila included? So I like for the guys, I usually start out with an archetype and then I flesh it out from there. But then they go off the rails and it's like, this isn't this is not the archetype I gave you. <laughs> so but that's where I start. Um, Lila is, is a lot from kind of my own background. I was thinking a lot for her because uh, I'm a I am a secret jock. I, I've done sports my whole life. Mm. So I was thinking of these Olympic gymnasts who train so hard they affect their hormones. And then, oh. you know, as far as what she was doing to herself. And then just kind of my experience as an athlete played a lot into it because I was, you know, walking around like this visibly bruised mess for 10, 15 years of my life because of... <laughs> because of sports so there's a lot of that in there yeah so uh heather j uh do the dads ever acknowledge how much their interference into the son's pack almost ruined the pack i think from like their from their perspective they were doing the right thing mm -hmm. you know they were they were meddling and they have the right to meddle um because you know the pack wasn't really working that well and they wanted to help but they're they shouldn't you know they're they don't really know what they're doing to be able to do that so <laughs> I had written other versions of the story that had more of the dads but then I was like this is not where I want the focus to be so I kind of pushed them to the background a little we'll see maybe they'll Were pop you ever, up again did you ever think of doing like uh a story that's just about like the dads growing up and like what their pack was like before they had the boys i could i think now people are really mad at the dads though <laughs> <laughs> that's fair i just feel like and sarah They're... i know will back me up on this they have hot dad energy like you yes. could you yes. could do something with that i'm, I'm keeping do. that in mind Pe people have mentioned that to me <laughs> <laughs> I love a daddy, so I'll read it. Yeah, that's on my uh, radar. We'll, we'll see if anything comes of it. Uh, her next question is, Orion makes a pretty bold declaration of choosing Lila over the pack. Was all, that always the plan, or did Orion go rogue on you while writing? No, Orion is one of the ones that actually did what I thought he would do. I can't say the same for the others. Um, but no, it, he was always gonna, going to have that loyalty to her because they're both like, he's this Omega who was raised as an Alpha. She's this Omega who doesn't want to be an Omega. And they just kind of fill in the gaps for each other. You know, they're just exactly what the other person needs. So mm -hmm. they, were, they were always going to be together. It was just a question of when and how and what that looked like. Sure. And then her last question was, which is honestly something I didn't even think of. Uh, did Orion's dad hide his Omega status or was that truly a mistake? No, it wasn't. It wasn't malicious. It was truly a mistake. But 
there's kind of this thing where, you know, he could have gone to get it retested at any time, but it's one of those things where he, as time went on, he was like more and more afraid. It's like when you, like, you know, your bank balance will be bad and you're like, I'm just not going to look, <laughs> you know, you just don't want to know the real thing. You're pretending it's going to be fine. So it was more of that for him. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and we have another series of questions from Lauren C. Starting us off with, Jet's character arc was one of the more bold and wild ones that I've seen a reverse harem do. Was it always your plan to redeem him this way from the beginning? No. <laughs> so so Jet went off the rails long before you think he did for me. Because I, you know, I said I, I start with an archetype, and he was supposed to be the charmer. That's what I had as his oh. archetype, right? Oh, no. Where's that? What happened to that? So, yeah, I had him in the first version. It's like he was really flirty and he still had that, you know, that hate, you know, he hates women kind of for the, you know, the first part of it for good reason. But he was kind of a, a weaponized flirt kind of guy originally. Mm -hmm. And then I read, actually read the first draft of book one. I'm like, that's not, that didn't happen. <laughs> so when I, you know, then when I had to figure out, okay, so what's his actual journey here now? And I, you know, I always go back to the past and dig into what happened with him and kind of the way the, the storytelling works for me. It's like, I'm either fighting the story or it just clicks I'm like oh that's you know this is what makes sense so then it mm -hmm. just clicked with me I'm like I don't know what people are gonna think about this but I am doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and her next question we kind of already talked about um but I think we could hmm. talk a little bit more about your planning she said this subgenre is one where most of the books are either sugary sweet or very dark Part of what made Pack Darling great was that it fit into the space between mm. those two categories. Was that a conscious choice, and can we expect more of that from your future work? Yeah, this is just kind of where I land. Um, I, actually, this is fun. I Originally, I was told that I'm not very good at writing angst, and I should stop trying. So I, <laughs> I had a book I was told I should rewrite as a middle grade because it would fit better there. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just not, you know, you can't write angst. I'm like, clearly I can. I, I think we can all agree that I can. You definitely <laughs> can. But yeah, so I, I end up in this middle place that it's like I am too chaotic to be too sweet, but I can't really go too dark because that's not, you know, tonally what I'm after. So this yeah. is just where I land. I'm glad people like it. All right. And that is all of our questions. Uh, for our next part of the podcast, this is where we share what we are reading this week. Uh, Lola, do you want to share anything that you've been reading recently that you think others should check out? Yeah, I finally have some time to do some catch-up reading. So I am catching up on the series that I missed out on. So... Colette Rhodes has a new release today, I think. So I have to, mm -hmm. I haven't started that series yet. So I'm going to, I have Gilded Mess on my Kindle. 
And then uh, Willow Hadley also just had a new Charlotte Reynolds release. So, Mm -hmm. and I hadn't, I love um, Cricket from her, but I have not yet read Smile Like You Mean It. So those are both on my Kindle now. Both friends of the podcast. I know. We love we love Willow and Colette. I know. I found the podcast because of Willow, so you know, all credit to her. <laughs> all right. This week I devoured the Mindfuck series by S. T. Abbey. I read all five of those books like in the span of twenty four hours. I was so obsessed with them, and Sarah warned me ahead of time that those books are like crack, and I was like, you're absolutely right. Um, I also finished the Dragon Shifters Mate series by Eva Chase, and I finished reading A Shadow in the Ember by JLA. This coming week, I am very excited about the second book in the Kings of Italy duet by Mila Finelli releasing. She bumped up the release to January 31st. And I am pumped to see how that ends. And just like Lola just said, um, Colette released Little Red, or sorry, the second book in the Little Red duet. And I have I never started the first book because Colette likes to end things on cliffhangers sometimes. <laughs> so I wanted to wait for the second book in that duet. So I'm looking forward to reading both of those in the coming week. Uh, very excited to see what's going to happen there. Sarah, what have you been reading? I am reading Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton, and I'm not sure if my soul is ready. I think I'm going to have to take a lot of breaks uh, throughout this book. It is extremely dark, uh, darker than the first one. Um, And I am very excited to start The Kings of Italy. Uh, Like Sam mentioned, I've been holding off because I did not want to deal with a cliffhanger. Um, (laughs) I still have one more book in the Dragon Shifters Made series that Sam mentioned. I've been a terrible reading buddy, but uh, self-editing is my personal hell right now. So (laughs) dealing with that. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, Lola, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so nice to get to talk with you. Thank you for having me. You did a great job. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. You would never know it was your first podcast. You're a natural. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media. If you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode, reach out. We would love to have you. A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening.